What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode seven of season five. I'm your host, Kurt Field. It is your boy, Brundog, and we are happy, Kurt. Why are we happy, Kurt? Because potentially something, I think, is starting this week. What what might that be? I don't know, Bruno, but I have this overwhelming sense of that things matter again. Mm. and that, Life matters. Uh, my life has a purpose all of a sudden mm-hmm. again. And I, it's been a minute since I've felt this way, mm-hmm. Bruno, because <laughs> the good old Football Americano is back. C-C-C-L-N-A-F-A-L-A. Oh, I was like, what is he saying? I got it. <laughs> NFL. Nailed See. it. <laughs> so good. Dude, uh, yeah, no, but in all seriousness, we are so back. So um, back. It's uh, You kind of got like the little taste with some college football oh, yeah. this past week. Oh, and now yeah. it's like, all right, college football is great. Love it. Big boys are coming now. Here come the big boys. Week one of the NFL season is upon us, Bruno. Yes, and Kurt, uh, we have a lot of stuff that we'll get to today, but I'm just saying, we saw some wild college football upsets already. We saw LSU shit the bed. I like LSU, but they shit the bed against Florida State. We saw Clemson shit harder than LSU and lose to Duke. Kurt, I'm just saying, it would be a real shame if some college football upset magic drifted, wafted, soared its way into Thursday night. That would be a real shame. That would be a real shame, Bruno. I was just having this conversation today, actually. Week one in the college football season is so ripe for upsets. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, I would not mind if some of these upsets just hippity hopped on over to <laughs> this uh, NFL weekend, Bruno, oh, yeah. because I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to war. It's, it's fucking war mode, baby. And now's the best time. Before, I mean, again, it, it could be better if things go better. But, like, again, we never know how the season's going to go. Now we just are able to be like, oh, yeah, Patriots Super Bowl champs. Fuck, yeah. Now's our time. Easy. I mean, remember that podcast we titled, um, what was it, like, Ready to Fight? or Oh, yeah, the it Avatar. It was, like, based on... <laughs> So yeah. I forgot what it was called, but it was based on Amazon. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. Never forget. It's never been no. more time than right now. Yeah, we're coming out swinging in week one. It's time to fight. <laughs> it's time to fucking fight. Oh, my God. Bruno, it's uh, – well, first and foremost, uh, I want to thank you, my lovely, handsome, sexy son of a Ooh. son of a bitch co-host. Butter me up. I'm, you're buttered, pal. You are buttered. Mm. Um for I had a lot of fun the first six episodes of season five doing something different. Uh, we did take a break the last two weeks. It's busy time for it's both. Busy of us. time. Um, school is school is back in session, uh, and uh, your boys are busy. But Bruno, fantastic ratings. We killed it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of us. 
PTF boys, we made some noise early on in this season. Uh, shout out Mike Noise because we made some noise. Uh, yeah, sponsors were popping off. The ad revenues were popping off. The views are popping off. It was a great time, Kurt. And, you know, after all those times that people were like, hey, you guys are like, you know, somewhat entertaining. Uh, let's not flex too hard, but somewhat entertaining. And maybe you should talk about something other than football. We were like, no, men talk football, sports. And then finally we listened to those other people and we were like, fine, we'll talk about some other stuff. It worked out kind of well. Yeah, fine. Bruno, what's your favorite candy? You know, Mike and I, maybe? Okay, listen, you know, I didn't enjoy every part of it, aka going 0-6 in drafts. But, Kurt, there was a lot of fun I had, and, you know, I'm willing to do it again. Well, we might we might have to fuck around and try it again <laughs> next year. I'm, Kurt, I'm fucking down. So, oh, I, it feels weird right now not asking what your watch of the week was. Like, what? Listen, I'll tell you what my watch of the week is going to be. It's going to be Sunday. I'm not moving for 12 hours. I was going to say my watch of the week was college football, and my future watches of the weeks will be regular football. All football, actually. Yeah, just – it doesn't matter. I'll watch Tulsa versus ECU on a Wednesday night if I have to. I, don't don't test me. I'll do it. And so, that gives us some fun flashbacks to the American Athletic Conference, baby. Power six. <laughs> UConn woman undefeated in basketball, like 518 and zero in that conference. <laughs> <laughs> they came, they saw, they conquered. It, yeah, it was time to fight for them. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, no, wild. Bruno, um, so now that like now that we are transitioning into football season, um, we're going to obviously give the listeners a little bit of uh, a taste of what they're a little more used to. True. Um, I don't know, and Bruno and I will talk about this when we, when we get to it next week, but uh, exactly how we're going to do it. Um, Perhaps it's not every game that we go through in, yeah. in the intense detail that we that we have in the past, but you'll be getting you'll be getting mostly some of the same shit from us. Uh, I'm excited for pick six. Oh god, Bruno, maybe you maybe you can try this year. <sighs> Out of the frying pan and into the fire, Kurt. What should I just fucking lose six drafts in a row and then lose seventeen pick sixes in a row? If you must, someone's got to do it. <laughs> well, you got lubed up already in the in the Kurt. In the I'm first... taking it from all sides. Let's just say that. Well, <laughs> you you do you, pal. Oh, you boy. do you. Well, listen, I don't have a choice, but yeah. So, Bruno, we're, I'm excited to get into it. I'm very excited for pick six. I'm yep. excited to get back into our routine here. Yep. Bruno, there have been some um, just diving right into the fire out of the, out of the frying pan, as you mentioned. Yes, sir. We're we're gonna we're gonna dive in here, Bruno. Let's talk about some of the things that have kind of gone on in the off season because we we haven't necessarily we haven't talked much football on the pod. Um, and while I will say there haven't been a remarkable amount of storylines, there there are some. There mm-hmm. are some big ones I want to get to. First and foremost, Bruno, <clears throat> looking at the landscape of the NFL going into 2023, there is one thing in my mind that just overwhelmingly jumps off the page to me, and it is the discrepancy in the teams and quarterbacks between the AFC and the NFC. Bruno, it is borderline staggering. Wild. Um, if you if you run down the list here, you know, there is reason or there are arguments to be made that probably of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, that's, you know, we'll call it, I'll give you 16, top 16, okay. half the league. Yep. 12 of them reside in the AFC. 10 of them, like double digits. It's insane, Bruno. So if I asked you who the best quarterback in the AFC is, AFC is, you have a 
bunch of different people you can go with. Obviously, probably Patrick Mahomes is the front runner on that list. Right. But you have you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Josh Allen, you now have big big bet Awen Wajos. Um <laughs> love, love you have Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Uh you 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 got some dogs. Tua when he's healthy is a problem. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Deshaun Watson. I mean, he sucked last year, but like when before Deshaun Watson was getting all those massages, Homeboy was probably a top five quarterback in the NFL. People yep. forget. Yeah. And then uh, a Russell Wilson under Sean Payton, probably not elite, but just, you know, an interesting guy. But the fact that Russell Wilson's even in the AFC, yep. it's like, yeah, we just rattled off 10 quarterbacks. But I noticed I didn't mention one specific one, but we, we rattled oh, off like, well, you know, coming in at a double digits. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was awesome. Oh, yeah. Trevor last Lawrence. Year. Yep. Like, there, there are some playmakers uh, under center in the AFC. Now, if I asked you, Who's the best quarterback in the NFC? There aren't many options. There's like one, and it's Jalen Hurts. Like I, it's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's like I. It's kind of gross looking at it. Like it's I was like, just looking at it, Kurt, and it's kind of gross. Kirk like Cousins, dare my, I say, number two? I would, I would absolutely say Kirk Cousins oh, is probably. Oh boy, <laughs> is is Justin Fields going to make a step? Is he going to be like a top three guy? Matt Stafford a couple years ago, but he can't stay healthy anymore. Matt Stafford's yeah. probably not in that. Is is Dak Prescott in the top? Is Daniel Jones? Bruno, it's like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> let's, call, let's call, for shits and gigs, Daniel Jones, the fourth, fourth best quarterback in the NFC. You know who the fourth best quarterback in the AFC is? Fucking Lamar Jackson. Yeah, way better than Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, significantly better than Daniel Jones. But So I just think, you know, with the landscape for the NFL, seven playoff teams. The AFC is going to kill each other. Yeah. To try to get to those seven teams. Yep. The NFC reminds me of like the goddamn NFC East a couple years ago. There's going to be teams that make it who have losing records. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be it's gonna, it's gonna be some fierce competition to be mediocre. Like hold on to your butts. The the playoff picture the playoff picture is going to be wild in both divisions or both conferences, but for way different reasons. Yeah. And Kurt. Just to get into quickly some of the reasons why this might be is it is what it is. Let's talk about some of the big reasons why the NFC sucks now. Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers. Now he's on the Jets. Helps the AFC. Packers are now garbage. Tom Brady retires. Bucks most likely now going to be garbage. Matt Stafford was good. They won the Super Bowl. Now he's old. Same Cooper Cup can't stay healthy. Rams were one of those good teams. Now he stinks. And then you just look at all these other teams. The entire NFC South. Bad. They don't have any quarterbacks. Also bad. Pretty much the entire NFC North. No disrespect to the Lions. They're a feisty young team. Maybe they take us up this year. Not very good. The NFC East. Competitive. Have they shown any sort of ability to produce a team that can take the NFC to the heights of the Super Bowl? Other than the Eagles, no. And the Eagles are probably that team, the NFC. And then the NFC West. You look at all these teams, it's like you you and I think of like, oh, Seahawks of past years. I guess 49ers of recent years. Cardinals used to be good. And it's like Kyler Murray, injured. Seahawks, are you counting on Geno Smith? Brock Purdy, can he do it a second time? So it's like all these teams that used to be good. Now we're just looking at the NFC and their hope is the Eagles. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's just, it's it's staggering. Yeah. It's like minor league baseball compared to the major league. Yeah. It's like, yeah, damn. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out yep. this, this entire year, Bruno. Yep. Uh, speaking of quarterback play, though, you just kind of talked about it. We do have a little bit of uh, of some 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 fellows who are a little wet yep. behind the ears, though, who yep. are getting their shot in their center, Bruno. Three rookie quarterbacks, uh, three of the first four picks. Yeah, this year's NFL draft. Uh, 
are, are will be will be starting at quarterback uh, going forward. So um, we have Bryce Young with the Panthers. Yep. Uh, CJ Stroud with the Texans and Anthony Richardson with the Colts. All of them have been named starting quarterback. So we're going to find out pretty quickly. And again, it's not it's not weird that this happens now. Like you think about a couple of years ago with Mac Jones coming in right away and, and starting Trevor Lawrence starting right away. Those high draft picks normally do start right away but you know those those teams did have other options along the way but they chose like you know we're gonna we're gonna go here like the Panthers could have gone with Andy Dalton for three games he might have sucked but give Bryce Young more time they're like no we're just we're just gonna go in here same with the Texans do we go Davis Mills for three or four games or do we just go CJ Stroud so Band-Aid's getting ripped ripped off and they're going right into the fire yeah and like I can understand why teams are doing this because when you think about it, people have long said one of the ways you can win a Super Bowl is maximizing a quarterback on his rookie contract. So, like, again, I, we do understand it from a business perspective, but at the same time, I mean, again, these guys, like, again, I, I know they were good in college. I guess you could say Bryce Young and CJ Stroud were better than Richardson. Richardson was at Florida, didn't get the same level of success as the other two. But even still, it's like, it's not like I'm doubting their ability. But it's just so crazy because, again, it's like you have two bad games and the whole fan base is whatever and blah, blah, blah. And we talk about lack of patience. And, again, it's like sometimes, you know, you're throwing – the reason these guys are top picks is because their teams are bad. So it's not like we're necessarily setting them up for immediate success. So, again, like I, I don't blame them for doing it. I mean, would you rather, you know, give your rookie quarterback the most time to possibly develop and learn and whatever, especially with on a rookie deal, over, again, a, a veteran who's probably not that good and not going anywhere? Sure. It just is a little scary that it's like, damn, like, again, these guys just got drafted and now they're like tasked, like all three of those teams are bad. I guess the Colts maybe aren't as bad, but they're still all bad. And it's like they have to immediately turn those teams around. I mean, maybe the Texans and Colts in that winnable division, sure. Panthers, I guess, in that winnable division, sure. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. Again, the second they don't have a good game curve, it's like, what's the conversation going to be? No, I know. I think I I hear you. And it's... (sighs) I don't know. It, it it's it's an interesting strategy. I think it's correct. I it just it bothers me as a Patriots fan because that first year of Mac Jones was so good. It's like, all right, this is the foundation for Mac Jones. Well, the foundation crumbled in your dose under Fatty P and <laughs> um, and Joe Judge. Sheesh. So, but uh, no, you you do want to maximize that window and that contract for a rookie quarterback, and that's when. Usually in year two or year three, you go out, you you go get those expensive pieces to put around the quarterback, and it's like, all right, we're in you know fight or flight mode here. Are you going to be our franchise quarterback or not? So they'll get an early start here. We'll see where they're going, and uh, it'll be interesting. Bruno, with that being said, though, there is a specific quarterback from that class of 2021 that uh, was supposed to be the next big thing. Uh, that He was the next big thing. It just happened that big thing was bust. Yeah. Bruno, Trey Lance, let's chitty chat about him for a second, okay? So if if you think back to a couple years ago, the San Francisco 49ers traded up from the number 12 spot all the way up to number three with the Miami Dolphins, okay? They traded three first-round picks to go up and go get Trey Lance. Now, at the time, it was rumored Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. He's like, ah, but – I don't necessarily disagree with that because, you know, you look at Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan's offense is more like, hey, we're going to get you on time, ball out quick. Guys are running wide open because of our run scheme. Trey Lance was more like, 
this new modern day quarterback who can run with his legs, electric arm, dare I say, Colin Kaepernick-esque in that regard. And it was like this big, sexy pick. They come up, they get Trey Lance. Bruno doesn't work out. Injuries, yada, yada, yada. Trey Lance didn't play for the San Francisco 49ers in more than like a game yeah. in his in his tenure there. He ends up getting shipped out this offseason to Dallas to be the backup to Dak Prescott in Dallas. Yeah. Now, Bruno, I mentioned it. The 49ers came up nine spots. They traded three first-round pick, first picks to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins turned those three picks into Jalen Waddle, <laughs> trading for Tyreek Hill, and trading for Bradley Chubb. Yep. Who won that deal? <laughs> Kurt, I think I know who won that deal. Uh, and on what that you, note, yeah, on that note, Kurt, no, while you were talking, yeah, I was also trying to look up the other parts of that thing. Parts of this that were like ricochets or, or, or ripples, I guess, from this trade. The the Cowboys and Eagles also had trades involving these picks, and the Eagles turned it into Devonta Smith, and the Cowboys turned it into Micah Parsons. So <laughs> everybody won except the 49ers, and then the Cowboys got him in the end. So it's like... <laughs> Holy shit. Yikes. Wow. I mean, that's, that's the risk you take, man, right. to go up like... It's... I haven't seen this person play a game yet, but it feels a little similarly similarly to Anthony Richardson. Yeah, like riser up the draft boards late. Not a great, accurate quarterback, but he could run. I'm like mm, I've heard this story, it didn't work out, and it would be such a shame for the Colts, right? Oh my wow. goodness! Yeah. Wow. But I don't know. We'll see. Rookie quarterbacks galore. Trey Lance on the move. Bruno, we have a couple other things. Uh, that I want to get to here. We'll stick quarterback land for one more thing. Sure. You, you, I, are you a hard knocks guy? Uh, I haven't seen all of this season, but it's been better this season than any in recent memory. I didn't mind the Lions last year. I thought the they were like, okay, yeah. here's my thing with the with the Jets on okay. hard knocks, though. It is just like, can we stop dick riding Aaron Rodgers? Like, I know it's, I know it's cool for New York. That Aaron Rodgers is there, but like it is just overboard. Like we can stop, we can stop bathing him with our tongues, everybody. Like, it's <laughs> leave him, leave him alone. Like I, he's there. Congratulations. Uh, I hope he does great for you. Uh, I really don't, but I, <clears throat> I see both sides of it, Bruno. And I want to ask you this question: Sure, is the hype around Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets this year real, or is it like a little bit fluffed up? So I'm excited to hear what you think as well. Here's where I land with this. Is the hype that he immediately elevates their team to way better than it was previously? Is he the hype about making all the receivers who are already pretty good in their own right even better, changing the culture of the team, bringing like, you know, I know he's only won one championship, but championship pedigree, all that sort of stuff. Is he going to immediately elevate their team? Yes. Are they going to be way better than they were? I think so. I think where my hype stops for me is, and I don't know how much people are saying this, but like if we're talking like Super Bowl or bust, like that's too much hype. Like I, I see them having a successful season. I could see them winning a playoff game or two. I just have a tough time without us having seen anything being like, yes, for sure, he's going to come in and they're going to pull a Brady on the Bucks where he year one wins Super Bowl. That's too far. That hype is too much for me. But do I think he's going to be really good? And do I think all the receivers are going to be way better than there? Yes. So I'm 
I'm like still kind of caught in limbo here. Um, the New York Jets finished, I believe, seven and ten last year, and they had they one of the NFL. Last year? They were seven and ten last year. Yeah, they were seven and ten with two losses to the Patriots because we were eight and nine. Oh hell, we were eight and nine. I think they were seven and ten. That's hilarious. You stats guy me on that one? No, you're dead. You're dead accurate. We were eight and nine, and they are seven and ten. That's hilarious. Okay, so they had the worst quarterback running around for them last year, and their their defense is elite. It's like a top three defense in the NFL. I think the Jets could be really fucking good this year. Like I, I don't like the all the hype around them, and I I really do think this goes one of two ways for the Jets. Either they come out the gate strong and they ride it and they have a very good season. Like I'm talking like they go 12 and five or their schedule is really fucking hard at the beginning. Say it doesn't go well. Say the New York media is all over Aaron Rodgers. I think he is one of the most mental, mentally soft people I've ever seen. I think he, I think he could crumble. And if Aaron Rodgers starts to crumble, the whole Jets foundation is going to crumble. So Either I think it's going to be a great year for them, or it is going to be a unmitigated disaster. Yeah, Kurt, you probably saw me react a second ago, just just for you, because I know you saw me react. I forgot that they ended last year on a six game losing streak. They were they were seven and four, and then they lost six games in a row. So that was just my reaction, yeah. completely having forgot the Jets. And match. like they just brought in so many fucking guys. Like they have Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall is back, and they have all yeah. these receivers and Randall Cobb and Lazard and. Uh, Garrett Wilson is, I think, a top 10 receiver in the NFL. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah, and Kurt, they do have pedigree early in the season. But I also think there's a lot of winnable games. Like, I'm not going to, we're not about to do a whole Jets preview, but just really quick. Bills, tough. I agree, Bills are really good. I still think that's a winnable game, especially week one. You never know how teams are going to do week one. Starters haven't played that much in the preseason. You never really know. Cowboys week two. I'm not a huge Cowboys guy, so I don't know. Patriots week three, I'd love the Patriots to win that game. Uh, the Jets were, were the Jets' daddies until they prove otherwise. That's a fact, but like, I don't know. And then Chiefs week four. So, like, I, you know, some some winnable games in there. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I you you just kind of convinced me there. I didn't even realize they were seven and 10 last year. That's like honestly better than what I remembered. I, my brain has just assumed they were their usual two and 15 last year. Um, so, seven and 10 is better than what I thought. So, if you were seven and 10 last year and you're bringing Aaron Rodgers and all those guys, that's Kurt. Look out! Yeah, they um, could be could be pretty good. Could be yep. pretty good. Yep. Bruno, let's uh, let's get into uh, a couple guys who who are not on the field for a couple yep. different reasons. They are not playing the field. They're. <laughs> I'll tell you, only if certain people can play the field. Yeah. They're not. None these next two aren't aren't on aren't on it. No, yep. they're not playing anything. <laughs> uh, Bruno, I want to start with the biggest one right now. Okay, playing for the well, playing is a loose term. Nope. Uh, he is on the roster of the reigning Super Bowl champs, Chris Jones. Bruno, that boy is holding out. He's like, y'all not going to pay me. Y'all not going to see me. And so he's he's getting fined every day. He don't give no fucks. <laughs> he's like, you're going to pay me or I'm not going to play. He's got his ring. He's got the bling. Yep. He's got the money. He's like, I'm I'm straight. I'm chilling. You'll want to pay me for weeks 7 through 17. I'll see you then. Like, So it's interesting. I – I don't think he comes back anytime soon unless the Chiefs cave and pay him. Yeah, and Kurt, I think you set it up perfectly there. There's a lot of guys who want to hold out who maybe don't have a championship. They haven't got a previous big contract. 
they're not coming off as much as success. Him being in the position, just won the Super Bowl, been paid before, clearly without a doubt. Like, there's no debate. Like, even with some other guys that we'll talk about soon, maybe there's debate among who the best in their position is. Chris Jones is just among the best, if not the best. So I kind of love it. I, the one thing I will say about Chris Jones, just adding on to what you said, I, it's just one of those things, Kurt, where, like, I can understand both sides of it. Teams have so much money. I'm never going to feel bad for a team being like, we're not going to pay this guy. Teams make a fuck ton of money. Owners have a ton of money. Sure. I know there's salary cap things to figure out. We also have admitted the salary cap doesn't matter. Every time a team's in salary cap trouble, what do they do, Kurt? They just restructure a contract and they're like, oh, I guess we just gained 72 million in cap space. So the cap, it doesn't even exist in my mind. And it's just like- cap is crap. Cap is crap, as they say. Cap, no cap, but cap. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 again, that's not an excuse for me, Kurt. I was curious what you think, because obviously I was not a football guy. Everybody knows that I was a tennis guy. Um, but Kurt, you were a football guy. Obviously this doesn't happen in high school, I would assume. Um, but your thoughts on the whole, like if you're his teammate, because we did see a certain guy that we don't really like who hosts a podcast with his brother come out and publicly be like, Chris Jones, what are you doing? I don't get it. Like, fuck you, dude. Um, but like, where do you stand on the, like, if you're his teammate, are you like full out supporting him? Are you like, bro, you're hurting the team? Like, I, that's an interesting debate for me. So definitely. I think he's hurting the team. Yeah. I do see that side of it, but at the same time, the NFL is not the, the MLB, like the longevity of careers is not the same. And for what he, Chris Jones does for that team, he is criminally underpaid. So Go get your bag, buddy. I don't I don't blame him for a second. He's like, I just helped you win a Super Bowl. Yep. I was a huge reason you won it. Pay me. Pay him. Yeah. Literally just pay him. <laughs> I, I, told, I see both sides of it, but I'm I'm more on the side of Chris Jones. Like, yeah. Don't say you go out there in week two and you tear your ACL and you're never the same guy again. You want to go out there on the contract you have or the contract you deserve. And I get it. That's shitty. Like, if he does get hurt, that's shitty because the Chiefs sell him all that money. But, like, at some point, like, you pay your superstars. You just gave Mahomes fucking half a billion dollars. <laughs> Literally, yep. Half a bill. Go give Chris Jones some money. So, yeah. I, I, I'm i more on his side. Facts. Facts, Kurt. So, um, I'm really. Speaking of, like, another holdout type deal, Jonathan Taylor. This is one of the weirdest storylines in the NFL offseason. He doesn't want to play for the Colts. Jim Irsay and him don't get along. Shocker, shocker, shocker. Jim Irsay is a fucking clown. Um, Jim Irsay is like subtweeting him. Jonathan Taylor's yeah. like tweeting him back. It's like this very, very strange, very, very unprofessional. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the Colts are like, yeah, no, we're going to put him on uh, the physically unable to perform list with a back injury. He's like, excuse me. I don't got no back injury. So it's like, <laughs> So they're playing, they're playing with each other over there. And then basically Jim Irsay was like, fine, fuck this. Our relationship's beyond repair. Go out and look for a trade you have until the season starts. And no trade happened. And so they put him on the PUP list, which basically you can't play a game for four weeks. And we'll 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 check back from there. But Bruno, I don't think there's any prayer Jonathan Taylor plays one snap for the Colts this year. Yeah. And Kurt, again. First of all, fuck the Colts. We're not Colts fans here. They're fucking losers. Second of all, again, Jim Ursay, biggest fucking piece of poop there is, considering I'm sure you saw this story. While he's nickel and diming Jonathan Taylor, who is, again, he didn't have a great year last year, but two years ago, best running back in the NFL, and he's still young, right? Uh, 
he's out here paying 10 fucking million to fly an endangered whale across the fucking country on his private fucking plane. And then he does that and the whale dies. He just spent 10 million on a whale. The whale fucking Did the died. whale die? I'm like 90. Don't look that up. But I'm like 99% sure the whale died. So it's like, you're, if you're Jonathan Taylor, you're like, my owner is out here fucking <laughs> putting whales on planes and flying them across the country instead of giving someone on his football team that money to help him win games. Of course, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm like, fuck you. I would just pure pettiness. I'd be like, fuck you, dude. Unless, unless you replace yourself as owner with an actual whale, I'm not playing for the Colts. That's what I was whales. Yeah. I need it. That is an electric story. I oh, knew he was going to I didn't know he the whale died. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So oh my God. yeah, fuck the Colts. So interesting between both of Jonathan Taylor and Chris Jones. Bruno, a new one today. Yeah. Also today, September fifth, yeah. two days before the reigning Super Bowl champs play a game. Their most important player that is not Patrick Mahomes. Hyper extends his knee in practice and is, is he's it is in question if your boy Travis Kelsey is playing on Thursday night, Bruno. If he can't play, also a knee hyperextension, Bruno, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good, Kurt. <laughs> you know, it's good as a podcast. I was grinning ear to ear as I said that's not good. Um, no, but it'll be interesting. Like, this could be a thing where let's say he does play. This could aggravate him for the whole season. And it's a freak thing that happens in practice. And, like, it is what it is. But uh, this is a major storyline we got to watch moving forward. Yeah, and it's not the same thing. But with Cooper Cup, it's like he had that initial hamstring injury. So different type of injury. But then it's like he's tried to come back. He's played on it. It just makes it worse. He came back again. Now he's, like, getting an MRI to see if he's even going to play this year, Cooper Cup. Uh, probably not that serious. But, like, how, how long he's going to have to sit. So, Kurt, you know, again, like, it's not a great situation for the Chiefs. Also, when you're considering, again, there's a reason why Kelsey was picked, you know, in the first round of like every fantasy draft this year. And when you look at their receivers, it's like he's their best receiver. That's what everyone's been saying. Again, like maybe you can replace Tyreek Hill with you have Kelsey and some other guys. You take Kelsey out of it. Again, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to find open receivers. It's Andy Reid. They're creative. But Kurt, that's no small deal for the Chiefs losing Kelsey. So it, that'd be a real shame. Uh, you know, it would be a real shame. Real shame if that significantly impacted how good the Chiefs this how good how good they are this year. Real shame. Yeah, no, I'm heartbroken already. I don't know what to say. I'm just so sad. It's so having sad. A hard time, having a hard time emoting. I'm so sad. <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes, Bruno. Uh that that's your quick kind of glance here at the at the offseason. We're gonna get a little bit more into the nitty-gritty here with the Pats. Oh yeah. Um and I think Bruno, where I want to start. If it is all right with you, bro, sure. is uh, some kind of overarching uh, ideas or topics related to the Patriots. Number one, Bruno, I'm going to come out. This Bruno and I kind of write some notes down in, in, yep. in, a, in a in a shared Google note or Google wow. Doc rather, and we kind of throw things in here, Bruno. I'm going to hit you with something that just kind of popped into my head that isn't on the note, Ooh. but I just. I want your gut reaction, your guttural reaction. Okay. Bill Belichick gets fired as a Patriots coach if fill in the blank. Oof. Um, 
So, I can't believe I put that in a sentence, but that's a Bill Belichick gets fired if I think it would have to be a combination of things, but I think we'd have to be at least I'm just trying to think. At least four and thirteen and all the shit that was supposed to be cleaned up from how cohesive the offense is to the special teams being fucking disaster last year to, you know, the defense not being coordinated, like all the shit that's supposed to be cleaned up this year. If all of that's also not cleaned up and it's like, we're doing the same shit we did last year where we have uncharacteristic penalties, all of our shit sucks, all of his personnel decisions, like trading Nick Folk and all that shit doesn't work out. Like if that all combination of stuff happens, I could see it being time because we could scapegoat last year onto like it was his decision, but we can scapegoat it back onto your boys, Matty P and Joe Judge. This year, though, it, I mean, I'm not going to blame Bill O'Brien necessarily if it goes bad. You know what I'm saying? Like he just got here. He's been here for like, you know, six months. So it's like I think we know if it goes bad this year, then I think we know who it's mostly on. Yeah, I agree. I like I like where you went with that. Here's where I'll go with this. Okay. Bill Belichick gets fired if the Patriots don't get back to being the Patriots. Ooh. I don't think this season necessarily has anything to do with what the Patriots' overall record is going to be. Okay. I don't think it matters if the Patriots get back to the playoffs. I don't think it matters if they win 14 games. I don't think that aspect of it matters necessarily. What I do think matters is do they become the team that doesn't make the penalties, that outsmarts you, outcoaches you, outworks you, and is just an absolute thorn in your side? Like currently, there is nobody who comes into Gillette Stadium anymore and is like, fuck. Yeah, no. no. (laughs) They come into Gillette and they're like, when are when can we leave after we yeah. get this dub? Yeah. No one's scared. I need Bill Belichick to become that fucking evil super genius. Like, Bill Belichick's been a nasty fucking prick to the media again this year. And I'm like, good. Like, good. <laughs> good. Like, that's normal. I like that. Like, we need to start getting back to being the fucking villains. I, right now, the Chiefs are the villains. I want to get back to being the villains. I want yeah. to be the bad guy. Yeah. And, and so that's actually, oh yeah, yeah. No, keep no, 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 keep going. Okay. I was just gonna agree with you. I you put it much more like eloquently than I put it, but like that's a great point. Last year, what were we why was it so shocking? It was less going eight and nine. It was more the horrible decisions left and right. The shit you never see the Patriots do, like throwing an interception on a lateral play to lose the game, the god awful special teams. Like, just nobody being coordinated. The shitty fucking penalties nonstop. That was more jarring. That's a great point by you. It wasn't the losses or the 8-9 record. It was all that shit that just, like, aren't the Patriots. So, I, you know, I like that way. That's probably the, the best way you could have possibly put it. If we're doing that shit that makes us good, if we're great on special teams, if our offense is creative and we're coming up with unique game plans to match the, like, other team's weaknesses, if our defense is looking pretty solid as usual, you know, if all that shit's going well and we cut down the penalties and again, maybe we just lose some games more because of talent discrepancy between our team and another team. That's a good way of putting it where it's like, okay, we can rebuild and get more talent as long as we have the foundation of what makes the Patriots the Patriots. Right. It's like, I have no doubt the Patriots product on the field will be better this year, 
but their record might not be better because of how right. hard the schedule is. And we'll get into the right. schedule in a minute here, but it's, Bruno, people who have followed along on this podcast, and I know you know this, Tommy Curran is one of my boys. Like he's, I he's think boy. people forget we, we, I have his number. Um, yep, people forget. He put out a column yesterday that just so perfectly summed up everything about what this Patriots team needs to be and what they weren't last year. I'm going to read you just a couple paragraphs. So bear with me. It might take a minute, but like, I just, this is the most quintessential thing that I've seen about last year's team and what this year's team needs to be. Okay. So last year, I've never seen a less Belichickian team than the 2022 edition. It started in the preseason when they had 24 total penalties in the first two games. And that just kept on chugging right into the regular season. In the opening loss against Miami, the Dolphins were up 17-0 by halftime. How? Carl Davis lined up in the neutral zone on a fourth and one from the 50, extending a field goal drive. Mac Jones gets strip-sacked by an untouched rusher for a scoop-and-score touchdown. Jalen Waddell scores with 24 seconds left in the half on a fourth and seven slant where Kyle Duggar took a bad angle. And so it went. The final three minutes against the Raiders, a span that would have gotten almost any coach fired on on Monday morning. The first half against the Bengals on Christmas Eve and the season finale when they allowed two kickoff return touchdowns. During the stretch during, of the season last year, the Patriots went 5-3. and three. However, they had 65 negative offensive plays and 53 penalties. Oh, my God. That's 118 negative plays, and that doesn't include incompletions or runs for no gain or one yard. Offensively, they were the worst team in the league in the red zone, and they weren't much better on third down. They were in the bottom third of the league in situational defense as well, and they only played four playoff teams, Miami, Buffalo, (laughs) Minnesota, Cincinnati. Tommy Curran, this is my last point here. I still don't know how they got to eight and nine. More perplexing, however, is you can actually find plays that could have gotten them to 11 and six without much scouring. Ramondre Stevenson's fumble against the Bengals. Oh, my God. The late, the late game Raiders idiocy. One first down against the Packers in OT to get them in field goal range. But you know it. I know it. The players know it. The owner knows it, and the head coach knows it. This team needs to get back to being feared. Shit, Kurt. That hit home. Oh, my God. It's time <laughs> fight, Bruno. It's time to fucking fight, Kurt. That's that's such a good way of putting it. And it's so funny how the article frames that or that that write-up frames it in that we were not that far away from being way worse of record-wise and we were not that far away from being way better record-wise. But no matter where you swing on that pendulum, we just weren't the Patriots. No. we And truth be told, we haven't – we. The Patriots haven't been the Patriots since number 12 walked out the door. Yeah, And I was going to say he ain't walking through that door, but coincidentally, he is walking through that door on Sunday. Just Wait, we don't have a number two quarterback. Surprise! Surprise! surprise. <laughs> well, Bruno, I, I was going to save this for later, but let's talk about it now. So this this thank you, Tom game, right? Yeah. This, this, this Tom Brady finally comes home. Tom Brady hasn't been back aside from the one time he came in as a competitor since yeah. he left March of 2020, that was a long time ago. Like yep. for the man who gave everything to this organization for two decades, for him not to be around, it's been, it's been weird. So I think, I think Sunday has a chance to be really fucking special 
for the Patriots, for Brady, and so on and so forth. Now, here's my one caveat to that. Okay. Mac Jones needs to come out with his fucking hair on fire. Now, it sucks for him because our offensive line is doo-doo cheeks and we're going up against the best defensive line in football. So Mac Jones is probably going to get hit all up and down the field on Sunday. But if Mac Jones sucks <laughs> coming off of the season he had last year with Joe Judge and Fatty P, like the excuses are gone. You have Bill O'Brien now. You have more playmakers. And fucking Tom Brady is going to be there. Like if Mac Jones sucks, their Patriots fans are going to be booing. They're going to be fucking screaming for Brady to come down from the owner suite with Robert Kraft. Like Mac Jones needs to put 2022 in the rear view and come out and play well in this game. I'm not saying it's a must-win game, but for Mac Jones, you got to play well. Do you agree? Yeah, I actually think that's a good way of putting it. Um, again, you know, I think there's the built-in thing that everybody's saying where it's like, we are playing the Eagles. They not only have the Eagles defense, but they have the Georgia defense as well on their team. So two defenses that are very good that we don't like, you know, that doesn't excite me playing those boys. Um, so again, I don't think we're like the favorites necessarily, but I agree. Uh, it's maybe not about getting a win because I don't know many people who are expecting us or think we should win against the Eagles. It'd be great. It'd be cool. I don't think we're expected to. So I agree. If Mac Jones plays well, if he minimizes mistakes, you know how he always makes those infuriating interceptions? It's like, if we don't have any of those, if we don't have any dumb fumbles or dumb decisions, if he just plays a solid game, even a good game, if we don't end up winning, I think that's acceptable. Kurt, maybe we've just cracked the mystery of why we don't really have a number two quarterback on the team, because if he starts playing like shit against the Eagles, it's just going to be zappy chance on Brady night. And I don't think that's where we want to be. Oh, you mean zappy who got cut by the Patriots? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I will be taking my victory lap for that one, by the way. Like, I will get to Bailey Zappy in a minute. But yeah. uh, Bruno... Just some other overarching uh, things about yeah. the, this this Patriots team. They got younger, which they, was something that they desperately needed to desperately. do. They had twelve. They had twelve draft picks in this last NFL draft, and remarkably, they made all twelve picks. Like there wasn't a lot of wheeling and dealing. They weren't sending picks the next year. Blah blah blah. They picked twelve players. Eleven of them made this fifty-three man roster. Now, it probably would have been twelve for twelve, but Isaiah Bolden died in Green Bay. Uh, yeah. and was put on IR. So 11 of the 11 eligible players who got drafted this year made the goddamn team. So it was a, I mean, you're you're kind of overhauling your roster a little bit here, which I think was was much needed and kind of a welcome sight in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. Kurt, we've been, we've been talking about teams, uh, the speed getting to the Patriots for the last couple seasons, two, three seasons maybe. Um, we had a lot of veterans, so it's not always easy saying goodbye to a lot of the older players. And I'm not saying we said goodbye to every older player. But yeah, we've been talking about trying to get younger for a long time. And I think they got the message because we definitely did. And so hopefully, Kurt, you know, we, we've talked many times about Patriots drafts. There's all those stereotypes about Patriots drafts. Kurt, I'm hoping we go 11 for 11 on quality players. I'm not saying Pro Bowl, I'm not saying MVP, Patrick Holmes, whatever. I'm just saying solid players, quality players, contributing players. I'm hoping we go a solid 11 for 11. And, you know, if Isaiah Bolden, if he comes back at some point, let's go 12 for 12. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Bruno, um, I want to get into the offense right now because I think that's the most changed uh, aspect of the Patriots. And obviously, it's well documented. We're not going to sit here and, and dive too deep about it. Bill O'Brien in, Matt Patricia out as 
the offensive coordinator. Just everything that's come out of Patriots campus here is just how rejuvenated Mac Jones is, how much he's been like a fantastic leader. The dude is smiling again. He's playing better. He's not throwing interceptions. He's making the right reads. He's making the right throws. And for a team that quote unquote doesn't have any playmakers, they're 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 looking pretty good against uh, a good Patriots defense in practice. So I think that's a very welcome sight. Don't you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that, Kurt. And I think we also, you know, what's what's kind of funny is that we have a very low bar. Like we just need to be better than last year, and last year was a disaster of all sorts. So I think we're coming to the season being like, let's enjoy what we've heard is like a simplified and logical offensive system for Bill O'Brien. But I also think, like you said in addition to having a low bar as expectations, we have kind of a high ceiling on what it could be. Like, again, I'm not talking, you know, like, uh, what was it? Oh, seven Patriots setting the record for points in a season. I'm not talking that. But, you know, I think we have a low bar and a high ceiling, and that's exciting. No, I agree wholeheartedly, Bruno. And it's it's interesting because I, it's documented, as I just said, worst red zone offense last year, bad on third down. Well, Bill Belichick went out and tried to address that this year. So in comes Mike Kosicki, out goes Jonu Smith, who sucked. Like, Jonu Smith, that didn't work out here. It just is what it is. Sorry. Hasta la vista. He's with the Falcons. Okay? But Kosicki is this, you know, six foot six. He's a tight end, quote unquote. He's not really a tight end. He's like a big slot receiver, a, 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 a red zone weapon, I might say. And then you go in and you swap Jacoby Myers, out to the Raiders, which made a lot of Patriots fans sad because he was just kind of like Mr. Reliable. Um, you know, he made the catches over the middle. He did everything he was supposed to do. Good, good NFL player. Well, Bill Belichick turns around and gives a contract to Juju Smith-Schuster. People, Patriots fans either like it or you don't like it. Uh, I think if you didn't know, I don't know who really does know, the issues with Juju's knee – are they good? Are they bad? Is it way overblown? Is it, is it, is it, what is it? I don't know. But straight up, Juju Smith-Schuster is a better football player than Jacoby Myers. So like, I have no problem saying that he's more explosive. This Patriots offense had zero explosiveness outside of Marcus Jones, who was a goddamn cornerback last year, came over to help the offense. So again, Bill Belichick went out there. He's like, okay, we need to get better in the red zone. We need to get better uh, on third down, they also go in late in the season uh, off season and sign Ezekiel Elliott, Bruno, and that's good because that man is one of the best two running backs in the NFL at converting short yardage situations. So third and short goal line situations, that's going to help you in both third down and the red zone. Yeah, and that's really good to see, Kurt, because I think we were all very. Fr- There's nothing like more frustrating as a football fan than having some sort of drive get all the way to the red zone and you're like sweet i can see the end zone on my tv and especially as a patriots fan we were usually one of the better fourth down convert like over our lifetimes it's been pretty fucking good with converting for uh red zone opportunities last year mind-numbingly frustrating the amount of times that we would get in there and just do nothing but shit our fucking pants until we backed up out of field goal range and had to punt. It was so frustrating. So I I think that adds to your point about, like you started this point when you were like, we need to get younger. And then Bill addressed that by getting younger. We need to be better in the fourth, in the red zone areas. Bill addressed that by getting these red zone playmakers. That's reasons to feel good about the additions to the Patriots this year. And it just feels fucking good to have a competent offensive coordinator. Like, Awesome. There is going to be a scheme that makes sense. Like, 
as a football <laughs> coach, one who who enjoys the X's and O's and the intricacies of football, I can tell you that Matt, that Matt Patricia had no idea what he was doing. Like Matt Patricia would like run a play and be like, "Huh, that kind of worked," and never run it again. And then like. <laughs> Oh, like let's try this, but it's it it would be nothing like it was no cohesiveness to it. Bill O'Brien will have a cohesive offense, and what sounds like, you know, what Mac Jones did so well. Now, granted, his receivers were better at Alabama than he has right now in with the Patriots, but there will be RPOs, and like that is the new wave of the NFL. Like it's not this big, you know, our defenses are massive. We're running the ball right through the defense. It's no, not not so much that. It's like you have to get you have to scheme things open. You have to have multiple reads on almost every play. That's this new wave of football. And, you know, it sounds like Bill O'Brien has brought some of the college game to the Patriots, which they have been sorely lacking. Like Mac Jones with last year was really good on RPOs and he was really good on play action. But for whatever fucking reason, Matt Patricia refused to do either of them. So it's like, well, now you're in the hands of a, of a competent offense coordinator. I think it could be, I think it could be pretty good. Bruno, I do want to, we, uh, Two more things about offense. Number one, offensive line scares the shit out of me. Okay. Trent Brown didn't report to uh mini camp or mandatory OTAs because of a flight or something. He was in the, the bad graces of uh the Patriots coaches already. And it's like, well, you need Trent Brown to be rock solid for this team because you have no depth at tackle. Well, they didn't at the time. They go out and make a couple of trades the other day. But like you that offensive line, left to right, Trent Brown. At left tackle, you he has been up and down his entire career. The one year he was best ever was with Dante Scarnecchia. The year they won the Super Bowl in 2018. If you can get that Trent Brown, he's a top three tackle in the NFL. But the thing is, he hasn't done it since then. Then you have Cole Strange at left guard. He gets hurt early in the preseason. He hasn't played at all. You don't know if he's going up against the Eagles this week. You have David Andrews in the middle, who's just rock solid. The 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 he is the rock of that offensive line. I love David Andrews. It's Abby's favorite player in the Patriots. Uh, just we love me some David Andrews in this in this household. Now at right guard, you have Mike Nwenu. That man hasn't played a snap all preseason. So your two guards haven't played a snap all preseason. Trent Brown, you don't know about. And at right tackle, you have no fucking person there because you had to put Riley Reef, who you signed to be your right tackle, in at guard because Nwenu wasn't playing. He gets hurt in the last game. He's now on IR. It's like, okay. So Calvin Anderson, who you signed in the offseason, might play right tackle. But he hasn't played a snap because he was sick. So, Bruno, it's like you have to – their first time playing together potentially is going to be Sunday against the entire Georgia Bulldog defense in, against with Philadelphia. That scares the fuck out of me. Yeah, and Kurt, we're really just going to have to hope that it's just one of those mashed potatoes. You throw it all together, you mash it up, and it just works right away and instantly because I completely agree. I am not as tuned in as you, but the amount of – things I've seen about like, well, we're just trading for offensive line. Oh, we're just trading for an offensive line. Oh, this guy, nobody knows he's hurt, not playing. What's going on? It's just, none of that has made me feel good. And it, for a team and for a player who maybe five minutes ago, you just highlighted the importance of Mac Jones having a great year. Doesn't really make me feel great when our offensive line is such a question mark. Doesn't make me feel great. So we're gonna have to pay attention to that. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Uh, you just need to you need to keep Mac Jones upright. You need to protect him. If you can't protect him, this this season is going to it's not not going to be anybody's fault. It's not going to be Bill O'Brien's fault. It's just if you can't protect him, it's not going to go well offensively. Bruno, quickly let's talk about the weapons. 
sounds like Devontae Parker was a machine in campus here, bringing down every 50-50 ball. We like that. He's not going to separate. He is. We have the receipts. The worst separator in the NFL, ranked 143rd out of 143 in terms of separation on his routes. <laughs> Sheesh. What does that mean? The Patriots extend him with a big deal. Um, but he, I, I like Devontae Parker's game. You need someone like that. So I'm fine with Devontae Parker. Kendrick Bourne has returned to the Kendrick Bourne of two years ago. He is back in the good graces of Bill Belichick. He is Mac Jones' favorite target. You can't tell me otherwise. Kendrick Bourne, look for him to look for him to be wide receiver number one this year. I am all about Kendrick Bourne. Bruno, can I hear it? Can you, can you say it for me? Jesus Christ, that's Kendrick Bourne. Jesus Christ. It sure is, Bruno. So you have him, Devontae Parker, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who you got, you pay a lot of money for in free agency. Those are your top three guys. Now, Tyquan Thornton, the rookie from last year, started last year on IR, couldn't get it together. The speedster, he's so fragile. He's so little. Uh, he is on IR again. He got hurt in the Green Bay joint practices. He'll be out the first four games. Usually, that's not a good thing. However... The addition of two six-round picks this year. Bruno, they got me feeling pretty good. Pretty good. Now, I don't think the Patriots can draft receivers in the first couple rounds. They have provenly sucked at that. But maybe, you know, maybe a little (laughs) Julian Edelman. Maybe a little Julian Edelman in the seventh round. Now we have two six-rounders. Demario Douglas from Liberty. Bruno, this guy is going to come in. He's going to make a difference right away. He, I don't want to compare him to anybody. He looks like Antonio Brown, like when he's on the field. I'm not saying he's going to fucking be Antonio Brown. I hope he doesn't act like Antonio Brown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, like, in terms of his skill set and what he does, the Patriots do not have anybody like him. Like, he is fast. He is shifty. He makes plays with the ball in his hand. It's like, oh, that's what that's supposed to be like. I think he has a real role in this team, maybe on third down, maybe in the red zone. He, The Patriots didn't do a ton of one-on-ones this year, but they – but he had 17 of them. He didn't lose one one-on-one rep. He won every single one of them. So it's like you're a rookie and you're out here toasting Jonathan Jones and Christian Gonzalez and all these guys who are, I think, pretty good football players. Sign me up for the fucking five foot eight muscle hamster from the Liber- from Liberty University. Okay. And then the other one, Kayshawn Booty from LSU, go Tigers, uh, basically uh, was supposed to be a first round pick, sucked last year. Had some issues, like, I guess, character issues, so, like, goody-goody. Uh, and he fell dramatically in the draft. He sucked at the combine. Patriots took a flyer on him. He fucking balled out at the end of camp. Like, he was, like, he was a really good receiver. I'm not telling you he's going to make a difference, but I like I like that there are two rookies on this team. I think I think Demario Douglas makes a difference, and I think Booty's just nice to have. Yeah, Kurt, I completely agree. Um, I'm scarred for life on Patriots drafting receivers. I'm not going to lie to you because of all the things we've seen. Shout out Aaron Dobson. Uh, shout out uh, who's that other guy? Uh, I forget. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot. Been a lot of receivers. Yeah, Kembrell Tompkins. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's been a lot of receivers uh, along the way that have maybe not been as good, but. I think that these guys have a great chance. I'm glad we have more weapons. I mean, losing Jacoby Myers, that was supposed to be his guy, obviously. So I I think we're, we're the Patriots are obviously doing our best here to replace some of those. And now is the perfect time. Get them in on year one of Bill O'Brien. Everybody on the same page. Everybody learning together. And, it, you know, now is like a perfect time for everybody learning the system. And, again, preseason is the most exciting time. Let's make some declarations. All of our receivers are going to be all this year. Done.
I'm, hey, I don't say no to that. I'm, I'm in all the way on that. Bruno, we're going to go quickly uh, through the defense and some special teams type stuff. Um, I think first and foremost, it is important to discuss defensively how multiple the Patriots are in their secondary, especially with their safeties. Um, I, with Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips, and uh, you have Peppers who came back, and they just drafted this young guy out of uh, Sacramento State, Marte Mapu. You're you're, you're going to be able to put guys all over the defense and have no idea where anybody's coming from, where they're lined up specifically. And I just think it's going to be really hard for opposing offenses to kind of know what the Patriots are in uh, and so on and so forth. And I think a lot of times you'll see Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips come down and be in the box, almost like linebackers. Like I really do think there will be plenty of times where the Patriots have four safeties on the field. And I think that's that's something that doesn't happen a lot in the NFL, and it might be one of those things that like the, it did it a lot last year with three safeties. And I think it's just going to be a thing where that's what the Patriots do, and it, I think it might be really tough to for opposing offenses to try to keep up with that. Do you have any thoughts on the safety play? Um, I think my thoughts on the safety play, Kurt, are that we got some dogs. Um, I like the young guys. I like the feisty guys. I know we've had some dogs recently in secondary, but it feels like maybe the volume is going up with some of the safeties and the secondary people. And I think, you know, it's going to be exciting to hopefully, fingers crossed, not have so many plays like the Jalen Waddle play in Dolphins game one last year, like just players just absolutely burning the secondary. I mean, yes, we're going to play some talented offenses, talented wide receivers. We're going to play some teams that are just good, like talent-wise. You can't sometimes defenses can do nothing. Like sometimes talent is just talent. But I think not having so many, whether it's blown coverages or inconsistent like play on defense or just looking lost out there, if we can cut out some of those with some of these dogs we got there, I think that's what's going to make me uh, happy the most. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I also think like this pass rush could be really good. Obviously, you have Matthew Judon, who is what he is. Matthew Judon is the heartbeat of this team. He is a blue chip player. The Patriots don't have many of those on their roster. So Matt Judon is going to do what he does. Josh Uche came on like gangbusters at the end of last year. I think those two together are going to, you know, wreak havoc, wreak havoc in the backfield for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, and I think something that is kind of slept on a little bit with the Patriots is, you know, you have like Christian Barmore who was drafted to be this, this guy in the middle of your defensive line who just comes in and he just mauls people on passing downs. And I think Christian Barmore takes a huge step this year. And I think he becomes, um, I, basically, I think he's just going to be a, a dominant force for them in the middle of their defense. And I am hopeful that Keon White, the, the rookie, does a really good job for them, and he he was great in the preseason. So again, I think this pass rush could be good. I and mean, you think you talk about the safety play, the pass rush, and now a, a cornerback group with Christian Gonzalez, the rookie who he gets drafted. You know, the number seventeen overall, the first pick for the Patriots, uh, and you and you you couple him with Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones and Jack Jones who now is back from uh, his gun charges, got dropped today, Bruno. I know we, we saw that, which is good news for the Patriots, uh, for the Patriots defense. It just, their defense seems pretty complete on paper, and now it's just time to put up or shut up and go out there and, and, and prove it. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely with you. Definitely got better on paper. 
and I think that that's exciting to see as a Patriots fan for sure. Um, happy about the Jack Jones stuff in particular because I know he was supposed to be uh, a key part of things moving forward. And again, especially because it seems like there's this whole big hubbubaloo, if you want to call it, when the story came out, people jumped to lots of accusations. It seemed like there was some more reasonable things that came out about like how things were lawful and it was a mistake and all this sort of stuff that like made it uh, uh, be, seem a little bit better. So I think it's definitely exciting for, you know, the defense. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to go too crazy out on a limb, Kurt, but I think it's going to feel a little bit better watching the defense this year than it does last year. Yeah, I agree. Bruno, quickly just going to talk about the second, uh, not the secondary, special teams, the last phase here for the Patriots. Bill Belichick has handed the keys to uh, two rookies, Chad Ryland, the new kicker, uh, Bryce Berenger, the, uh, the rec spec punter from Michigan State. Uh, and that kid, I mean, that kid just has a fucking cannon for a leg. And I think it's so slept on last year when, when, uh, Jake Bailey went down and Nick Folk couldn't do kickoffs. The Patriots couldn't kick the ball out the back of the end zone, which was a problem as was documented in that Buffalo game with two kicks that went back for touchdowns. You had, uh, Jake Bailey who sucked at the beginning of last year and they brought in the guy, Michael Pilardi who couldn't punt the ball more than 30 yards to save his life. So the Patriots, I think, will get back to having really good special teams. Hopefully Ryland doesn't have, like, the rookie yips and isn't bad at kicking, uh, you know, the actual field goals. But from a punter perspective, I think is going to be really good. And I think Joe Judge kind of transitioning back to working with special teams is going to be really exciting for the Patriots and the fact that, like, the, the Patriots have always put so many resources into special teams. I think that – to have those resources back kind of in the cabinet will be a good thing for them and it will, will will be a good thing for this team moving forward. They have the pieces. Now it's just about going out, going out there and doing it. Bruno, we talked for about an hour so far about, about the NFL and the Patriots. I think we got to talk about uh, some division winners. So uh, I think it's about time we get into that. Kurt, it's time for some division winners. Kurt, are you ready to you go over? I was gonna say you go over eight, but we're probably gonna have some overlap for me to be extremely correct and you to be less correct. Okay, well that'd be the first time you're correct in any I of our picks. Kurt, so I would. Yeah, Kurt, it's the preseason for me too. I get to brag and pretend like I'm gonna do well before I know that my record's like oh and thirty two. So, Bruno, I have a hot take. I do think you're gonna do well. well I really thanks, do. Thanks, Kurt. It, I like that you label that a hot take because that's what it is at this point. Well, I mean. <laughs> Let's just call a spade a spade here. <laughs> Kurt, we're playing spades, okay? It hasn't been the cleanest <laughs> uh, operation for you in the past. Kurt, I've but been in the mud since I've been born. You just feel comfortable in the mud. I was born in the mud, raised by the mud, live in the mud, die in the mud. What is it like if uh, everything that happens in the dark... Oh, eventually comes, comes to the light. light. Uh, hopefully I come to the light, if you know what I mean. Oh, uh, well, that's that sounds like a you thing. <laughs> and I hope that works <laughs> Well, Kurt, uh, coming to the light and gonna be right, baby. Well, whatever. Bruno, <laughs> Kurt's ready for to get this shit on the road. <laughs> oh my god, damn, I'm fucking tired. Bruno, we're starting in the AFC Beast. Yep. Literally, the fucking AFC Beast yep. is gonna be such a great The four toughest schedules in the NFL yep. all reside in the AFC East. Yep. Uh, so, this is gonna be a crazy division this year. Um, Bruno, I'm throwing it to you to start. Who you got coming out on top of the AFC East? Kurt, you can make a couple of cases. I'm not going to say four, but you can make a couple of cases. However, there's one I think that's the clear safest, and that's the Bills, and that's what I'm going with. Um, I think the Bills are going to be good. Josh Allen is good. Josh Allen is tall. They're 
prayers up for DeMar have been answered. Going with the Bills. Bruno, I don't think the Bills are going to be oh. as good as they've been in the past. Ooh. I stay. I am pretty confident they're going to be worse, actually. Like, but with that being said, I just can't. I can't put all my support behind the New York Jets without knowing exactly yeah. what they're going to be. Yep. So with that being said, I'm also going to take the Bills, but I 100% could see the Jets winning the division. I know it's a cop-out, but like I don't think the Dolphins or the Patriots will be in the running for that. I just think it's kind of a two-team race at this point, and I think the Bills, I'll just give it to them based on they've kind of proven it. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. We're going to have to see what the Jets look like before we decide for sure. Kurt, AFC North. I think we're going to be on the same page here. I'm not really sure. Bengals. I'm also Bengals, Bruno. Two-team race for me here, too. I think that it's it's them and the Ravens. I think the Ravens could be – I think the Ravens are making the playoffs. I think they're a very, very good football team. I think Lamar we – not, we're not talking about this. Lamar's my uh, Super Bowl – nope. He's my NFL MVP. Damn. Well, Kurt, he's going to have to be because their defense just, as usual, can't stop getting injured. They're signing cornerbacks off the street because their secondary is so beat up right now. So, listen, if their offense pops off, that's a way to victory. But, uh, yeah, I think the Ravens could be good if they can get that sorted out. Kurtai, another weird division that's not very good. AFC South. Um, your This one's so easy for me. Your fantasy quarterbacks team. Yeah, it's uh, it's – Trevor Lawrence's division to lose, and I'm taking the Jags to win the goddamn division. I've seen a lot of people being like, the Titans disrespected. This is a perfect spot for Mike Rabel. I just don't buy into that because Derrick Henry's old, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is old, and Ryan Tannehill's still the quarterback. So I, I don't, maybe people are like, oh, he'll get the most out of the team, but like, I'm really not seeing the Titans at all. That division blows. So I think the Titans will get some wins in that division. Yeah. But I don't think the Titans are very good overall. Yeah, agreed. Um, Kurt, an actually very interesting division, AFC West, probably that and the AFC East are the two hardest to maybe like decide in the, I mean, maybe not hardest to decide, but the more competition. Um, I went back and forth here because A, I guess we always get tired of the same old thing, but the Chiefs are really good. Maybe they lost Kelsey. I don't really know. We know, we don't know what we're going to see from Russell Wilson. Same thing as the Jets. Like we really don't know what the Broncos going to look like. Kurt, I, I kind of went for it here. I'm going Chargers. Fuck it. I don't care. Chiefs, wow. not going to be as good. If Kelsey's missing any time, they're not as good. So we, we've we seen a couple of years when the Chiefs have had slow starts and then picked it up like they win a bunch at the end. I don't know if this is the year they can do it. I'm not saying Chiefs miss the playoffs. I'm just saying I can see the Chargers being like, it's our division now. I get that. I Until the Chargers do it, though, similarly yeah. to the Jets, I just can't. I can't do it. Sure. I can't bring myself to do that. I don't believe in their coach at all. Um, so I'm going to take the, the Chiefs, but I, again, two team race, Chargers and the Chiefs. Yep. I don't think the Bengals, I mean, the Broncos or the Raiders will contend in that division. You got it. Uh, Kurt, NFC East, maybe the easiest pick of this whole thing. Eagles, right? I mean, can you make you, is there another pick that we can say in that d- division? I think the only other team you could realistically say would be the Cowboys, but I don't. It's not incredibly realistic, and I'm, it's it's the Eagles. Yep, um, Eagles all the way. Again, this isn't shocking, but they're probably the NFC's best Super Bowl hope as of right now. Kurt, NFC North. This is quite the division. Um, I this is a good one. This is a good one. I I think you can say it's the Vikings or the Lions, and I feel like a lot of people are going to lean Vikings because of last year. But let's not forget the Vikings' record was so good last year because they just won so many close games. 
I don't think that's a recipe for success. I think we've seen a lot of Kirk Cousins at this point. I don't think they're bad. Justin Jefferson's great. You know, Alexander Mattinson's been solid, and now he's a starter. I don't think the Vikings are necessarily bad. I just think the Vikings are going to regress, and it's the Lions' year to win the division. Bruno, I'm going to hop in there with you. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Lions as well. The Packers are not getting any love. No, I think they might contend for the division. Really? Yeah. My opinion of Jordan Love is he's stinky poo poo. So maybe he'll be good. I think they're going to be sneaky assassins this year. Okay. That'd be kind of funny if they leave and then Eric Rogers leaves and they're good. So that'd be interesting. But all right, we're uh, we're rocking the Lions. Kurt, NFC South, this is a very fun division to try to predict who's going to win because at one point, like in week 15 or 16 last year, I'm pretty sure all four teams had a chance to win the division. I'm looking at the results from last year. The Bucks won at eight and nine, and all three other teams were seven and 10. So you could say it was, it was a pretty close division last year. Kurt, I went back and forth. I don't think you can really say definitively which team is going to win. I'm going with my gut here. Corderail, derail, derail, corduroy, Patterson. I don't know if you know if he's still in the Falcons. It's the Falcons winning the division. (laughs) Bruno, I'm between the Falcons and the Saints, but I'm going with the Saints. I think the Saints might be the – I think the Saints might be one of the most slept-on teams in the entire NFL this year. Well, I'm sleeping on them because the Falcons, Desmond Ritter, and the boys are taking that division. Um, Kurt, NFC West, again, this is, uh, uh, we used to look at the NFC West and be like, how are any of these teams missing the playoffs? Now we're looking at that division and being like, how are any of those teams making the playoffs? Uh, Kurt, I think the clear answer here is the 49ers, though when I say clear, I think that's clear compared to the other teams. I think there are still plenty of questions about Brock Purdy. It's not like I think he's bad, but again, like he just had this magical run last year. That was a great run much like any other young quarterback, can he do it again when defenses have a whole year to prepare for him? He's coming off of arm surgery. You know, he has a great offensive scheme, so that's always going to be great coaching-wise. But, like, I think that remains to be seen. So I'm taking the 49ers because I'm not confident in literally any other team, but it's not like I'm predicting them to be world beaters. I'm, I mean, I'm taking the 49ers, but I disagree a little bit with you. I think I think they and the Eagles are the class of the NFC. Okay. 49ers defense I, is, is fucking good, so that's, that's not even in question. It's insane. It's insane. I just think McCaffrey for a full year there in that scheme is going to be so good. You have Debo, you have Ayuk, you have Kittle, you have Purdy. Like I, they're going to be good. Yep. All right, Kurt. Let's make our annual dumbass shit Super Bowl picks that I think you like. Loki have gotten not too bad, like percentage wise correct or like teams at least in the Super Bowl. Pretty sure mine are just horrifically wrong, but like we're just going to bury the evidence if it's wrong. Uh, Kurt. I'm going to go out on a limb here and start with the NFC. Do we, I feel like we're going to agree here. Do we think it's the Eagles representing the NFC? Cause that's what I think. You do think that I don't think you that. don't think the Eagles, is it the 49ers then? Cause that's what you just said. I do think it's the 49ers. Wow. Kurt. Okay. Here's my, here's my thing. The NFC blows. The Eagles are very good. If you go back in history and look at the teams who have lost the Super Bowl the year before, History is not on their side. The only team to ever come back and be really good was the 2018 Patriots who lost the Eagles, came back on the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't happen. I mean, I guess that's true. The Bengals were 12-4 and four last year. I mean, they weren't, like, world beaters, but did they lose the Super Bowl two years ago? Yeah. But, I mean, Kurt, let me ask you this. Who's going to be the one seed, the Eagles or the 49ers? The Eagles. So you think the 49ers are going to Philadelphia and beating the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl? 
<laughs> okay. See? Okay. I mean, I respect it. I just wanted to clarify what we thought was going to happen here. So, uh, respect. Okay. So we have different NFC. That's what I thought. Kurt, I already know we have different AFC teams because you already shit talked to the team I'm picking to win the Super Bowl. Um, but Kurt, when I was looking through this list, <laughs> shit talk? no, it's fine. It's not going to be a ridiculous pick. It's just, you just don't think they're going to be good. So obviously, oh, yeah, okay. it's the bills. Yeah. Spoilers. It's the bills. Kurt, I was looking through the AFC teams. I think you can make oh. a lot of different cases. You can make a lot of different cases. The chiefs, again, they're always going to be there. The chargers, exciting team, but they kind of have to prove it. The Jaguars, young and exciting team. I don't know. That would be a big leap for them. The Bengals and Ravens, you can make kind of strong cases for either of those teams. Though, again, is Joe Burrow going to stay healthy? Is Lamar going to stay healthy? Two question marks. In our division, the Jets, could they? Maybe. I don't know if they're going to. We have to see what they look like. Dolphins, probably not. So, Kurt, it came down to the Bills for me, and they had the least question marks. I could see them regressing, but I also could see them just being like, they're the team that has the least question marks, and they're just going to do the whole thing this year, especially if it comes down to Kansas City in the playoffs, and Kansas City's probably worse this year than they've been in recent years. So, that being said, Kurt, tell me why you think I'm wrong and you think you're right. I think the Bills have a better chance of missing the playoffs. And they do go into the going to the Super Bowl. Holy shit, Kurt. You're fucking you're low on the bills this year. I just think I mean they'll probably beat us twice, but I just think like <laughs> Gee. I don't I don't think they have any receivers outside of Stefan Diggs that can be trusted. Gabe Davis is too inconsistent. He's too inconsistent. He's too good. I don't know. I just their offensive line blows. Yeah. I d I don't know. I think Dalton Kincaid, the the tight end there who's the rookie, will be good, but they again, I just there's not a universe that in my head where the Bills are Super Bowl yeah, champions. Okay. Well, I can't even shit talk because every prediction we've ever made, you've been right more than me. So, Kurt, with that being said, Dromo, please, your AFC Super Bowl representative. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I'm not going to take the Chiefs. I didn't think you were. I'm not going to take the Bills, obviously, well documented. I'm not going to take the Jets. Okay, I kind of was leaning towards the Jets for you. So now I really don't know. Are you? Good? Oh, wait, maybe I know. Maybe I know. I'm between two teams, a team that I said is going to have the NFL MVP. Oh, that's the one I was going to guess. And a team that has my favorite quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and I've decided I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals hey. and Joe Burrow to come out of the AFC and represent them in the in the Super Bowl. Kurt, Bengals are going to be really good. I think literally the only thing you can say about the Bengals is, is Joe Burrow going to stay healthy. And that's not even like their team being bad. Like, that's just candy stay healthy. They're good. I, the Bengals are good. Yeah. So I have Bengals 49ers. You have Eagles Bills. Bills. Okay. So two different Bills. Super Bowls here. Uh, Kurt, I guess everybody wants to hear Kurt's predictions because he's right. So I'll go first, and then we'll get to Kurt's grand finale here. Kurt, Bills, Eagles. I kind of went back and forth on this. Again, the Eagles made it last year and lost. So it's like, are they getting their revenge arc? It's ironic that they could be doing the same thing that those Bills did where they four in a row and four losses. That would be very ironic. I don't particularly like either of these fan bases, so I don't love that I'm predicting one to win. But, Kurt, in, I have to stick with my gut. In a year when I just said there might be a lot of question marks and one team might have as little question marks, I think Josh Allen, it's his time. Bill Super Bowl all right. All right. I, I, I respect the hustle, brother. Kurt, I respect the Bengals, Eagles, break down who's taking the Super Bowl dub for you. It's uh, Joe Burrow's getting his one hey, shining yeah. moment. Nice. In the NFL. Nice. In the NFL. Yeah. I, uh, I think that the, I think that the, uh, mostly because I like them. Yeah. I just, yeah. They're out there like, I, I uh, Joe Burrow is my guy. And I think that the offense is going to be lethal again this year. And I'm, 
again, the AFC is just going to beat the piss out of each other. So it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking them to come out of it. Kurt? Uh, I would I would be very – if it's not the Patriots, the Bengals are probably the team I would root the hardest for in the AFC. They're extremely likable. Like, I feel like unless you're a division rival of the Bengals, you just are kind of like, oh, yeah, the Bengals are kind of cool. I like to root for them. So that would be very rootable. Uh, I, if the Patriots aren't going to win, that's the team I'm rooting for to win. So that would be very exciting. Kurt, speaking of one shining moment, our last thing I think we got on the docket for the pod today, the Chiefs are going to have their one shining moment, though they've had, unfortunately, many shining moments recently but their recent shining moment they're celebrating the super bowl opening kickoff thursday night against the lions in kansas city chiefs i'm pretty sure are getting their super bowl ring kurt it's the chiefs it's at arrowhead and they're getting the super bowl rings you have all those things going for the chiefs you also have on the other hand no travis kelsey you have chris jones holding out and you kind of have you know a lot of expectations and pressure i would say on the chiefs because they're like super bowl champs are getting their rings whereas the lions are just like the people like oh that's kind of cute they picked the lions to open the nfl season they're going to be a plucky team with a a bunch of dogs on their team so kurt i let we don't have to complicate it we can just run through your thoughts winner we have spread minus chiefs minus five so if you're picking chiefs to win do they cover over under 53 that's a lot of points for a chiefs team that is like not at full offensive strength you tell me. You pick wherever you want to go predictions. What do you think for that game? So it's it is a cop out, and I reserve the right to change my mind if I know Cav- Travis Kelsey's playing. Okay, fair, fair. Let's I'm assume he's not. Op- Let's assume he's not. Yeah, I'm going to operate under the notion he does not play. Yep. I am going to first and foremost go that I would take the Lions plus five. Five yep. Lions plus five. Um but I think the Chiefs win the game. So I wasn't sure if you were going to elaborate. I was trying to leave you leave you some space there. Well, that's just it. <laughs> oh, I'm just okay. Here's where I'll go with this. Okay. I think I think that this is the perfect scenario for Dan Campbell and that group from Detroit to just come into Kansas City and be like, nobody fucking gives us a chance here. I think we're gonna. I think they're gonna come out and be impressive. I just think the Chiefs are too impressive. I think Andy Reid is too good of a football coach to lose to Dan Campbell. I mean, that with all due respect. Dan Campbell's a great rah-rah, hype the guys up, get them ready. Andy Reid's like, I will out-scheme you to fucking death. So that's why I, that's why I think the Chiefs win, but I think it's a closer game than people might expect. Kurt, <coughs> starting off the season with two different picks, baby, because let wow. me tell you, Kurt, let me tell you, I don't really have a defense for it trying to picture in my head Dan Campbell coaching better than Andy Reid. I don't have a defense for that. I'm just going to admit that straight up. That's weird, and that doesn't feel right. And I don't even if they win, I don't know if I would be able to say that. That being said, Kurt, here's why I think the Lions are going to win. Number one, Kelsey out. So like Kelsey in changes everything, right? Kelsey out. We're operating with Kelsey out. Number two, Kurt, I think the Lions are going to start much more like like I feel like they're going to score a bunch early on. The Chiefs are going to just have gotten their rings. They're going to be a little too overhyped. You know, again, their offense is not going to be at full strength. I think the Lions are going to jump out to an early lead. I think the Chiefs. Maybe you make the argument that they outplay the Lions over the course of the rest of the game. But I think the the Lions, whether you want to call it their halftime lead or their one and a half quarter lead, I think that's going to be enough to carry them to a win over the Chiefs. I, I just think it's going to be a matter of the Lions having a great start carrying them to the finish line. Lions, winners. Dubs only for the Lions. I, I'm, I'm all about that. I'm rooting hard for, uh, for Dan Campbell and the boys. So... Uh, that would be an electric start to the season if they go into Arrowhead and beat them on opening night. 
Kurt, that would be an electric start to the season. You know what else was an electric start to the season? This pod, baby, because we are electric, as always. Not a humble brag, just a regular brag. We're not even humble. We're just, we dumb boys, we dumb dogs. Kurt, it's been an absolute blast doing our preview for this week. Again, as is tradition, if I'm even an ounce right in anything I said, blast it on social media. I'm fucking putting that on my story. I'm the smartest guy in the entire world. As usual, when I'm wrong about pretty much everything, this never happened. I didn't say shit. We're deleting the pod. It, Kurt was wrong too, and I don't give a fuck. Does that sound okay, Kurt? That sounds great. Bruno, for the people who are listening to this, this might come out on Wednesday. This might come out on Thursday. It depends how how tired Kurt is. Yeah. So uh, the pod will be out. It'll be out before you fucking watch football on Thursday night. That's my promise. Yeah, to you. it's going to come out this week. That's a fact. I see no lies. I see no lies. Kurt, it's been a pleasure as always. Again, we're going to have some spicy format stuff starting next week. We, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of football, a little bit of other stuff. We'll keep it spicy for all the listeners. We're going to be back with pick six at some point. We're going to be back with the football pods at some point. Kurt, enjoy Thursday night. And for everyone, we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys. Talking swords and